0: Hi, and welcome back to episode three of the Change Your Frequency podcast with your host Mandy Little. I am so happy to be here. I'm so excited. I love recording this podcast, and if you're listening and enjoying this and giving me a five-star rating and all that jazz, thank you so much. I appreciate your support so much. I am excited to dive into a hot topic today of domestic violence, which has been my experience in my marriage that I just ended over Christmas of last year. So we are going to talk about signs of covert verbal abuse in relationships because I didn't realize it was happening to me when it was happening. And... I just recently got into therapy this year and started reading a book, and it really opened my eyes. And I want to share with the world my experience, because that's what I do. And I think this could help somebody who's in a similar situation get out of it and see the signs. Um, Hopefully sooner than how long it took me. So... Stay tuned. We are going to get really vulnerable and real today But I also want to start every podcast from now on with a journal prompt slash question to Really just make you think So today's question is actually from my dad So shout out dad because he listens to the podcast because my dad is freaking awesome and like one of my number one supporters love you so much um so he said to me he was like a good question to ask yourself we were talking about mortality and death because i love to talk about that i'm obsessed and he said a good question to ask is what would you want to be written on your gravestone if you got to pick and I think my dad would be fine with me sharing his answer. He was like, I would just like someone to write that I was an encourager. And <laughs> I just think that's so cool because that is totally who my dad is. He's 100% an encourager. He literally is one of the most positive people I know and just lights up every room he walks into. He hypes everybody up. Um, so, like, how lucky am I to have had that as my own dad um pretty lucky so (laughs) anyways um that's your journal prompt slash question for this week is if you could pick what was on your gravestone what would it be and why let's add that too and why um but anyways let's get into the episode i'm going to share a little bit about my experience being in a abusive marriage and just talk about like the covert signs of abuse and the things that like we don't it's not mainstream to talk about and i was married for four years in a relationship for five um i got married when i was 21 super young and I was like a raging alcoholic at the time just living my free spirit dream going to music festivals no direction in life whatsoever and you know really really low self-esteem really really low self-esteem and self-worth that was kind of just the theme of my personality at the time, which I'm learning is, you know, one of the reasons why we get into abusive relationships because, uh, and, and having like no direction in life. Um, we attract controlling people because it gives us direction. (laughs) Um, When you don't really know yourself, you don't really know what you want. It's very easy to just be like, oh yeah, like whatever you want. Cool. Sounds fun. I'm just go with the flow. But in reality, it's that like, I don't know myself and I don't (laughs) have any direction or goals or really any self-worth at all. So that led me to fall in love with someone who was a very controlling person and the crazy part too about abusive relationships is it's two-sided so you know the person who's doing the controlling is also has very low self-esteem that's the root cause of all of this Um, because they're not empowered within themselves they feel the need to have power over someone else To feel like they have any self-worth and I think that the crazy part is you know we were kind of benefiting each other it was it worked for a long time actually um because she was giving me that direction so I didn't have to think for myself and I didn't have to figure out what I wanted in life I could just kind of like go with the flow and let her kind of take the reins of everything and I benefited her because then she was able to feel that sense of control um, and feel empowered through (laughs) being able to control me. And the fact that I'm like, I was such a people pleaser, so go with the flow. Like, I would basically say yes to everything and just do whatever she wanted and like that You know leads someone to be like, oh my god, this is my soulmate like you Obviously like to do everything I want to do Every time I ask like do you want to do this? You just say yes You just go with everything I say you don't oppose me. You Don't fight me on anything um, so you're my soulmate and it's like she You can't blame her for thinking that because I didn't have any concept of self. I didn't have any idea who I was so (laughs) in that (laughs) I curated this version of me that checked all the boxes for her so anyways going back to what I said originally that I didn't realize I was in an abusive relationship on some level I did realize that you know something was wrong something was off Um, I kind of knew that like I was married to an asshole. But it was always kind of, like, a long-standing joke, and, like, even with, like, our friends, like, even she would say that, like, you know, I'm an asshole, Um, and it was just always kind of, like, haha, like, we're joking, but, like, not really, like, you are an asshole. (laughs) But, you know, throughout our relationship, you know, your early 20s is just a time of exploration and learning about who you are, at least it for sure was for me in a lot of ways still is. And I, you know, got really into my self-improvement journey while we were together with getting sober and starting a career, going to school. Um, all of that, you know, kind of led me to self-development and more of a spiritual journey. And, finding myself and figure out who i am and um you know my marriage pretty much from the beginning was tough like we went through getting sober together there was so much fighting that would happen with alcohol and drugs involved and um from the beginning too like we we started off our relationship polyamorous So there was like other relationships involved, and like all of it was just so messy from the beginning. And I wasn't ever like super happy in the relationship. I just think that the drugs, and now I realize the gaslighting, and just being confused about my reality. There's so many reasons why I stayed. Um, but from the beginning, I wasn't super happy in the relationship and it wasn't, you know, fulfilling that void in my self-worth. So that kind of sent me down the journey of self-development. And when you're somebody who is reading self-help books, you know, trying to really understand and analyze your own behavior, you sort of open this part of your mind to Just taking like radical like self-responsibility for everything in your life and kind of, you know, stepping out of the victim mindset into like, okay, well, why is why am I unhappy? Like there's something I must be doing wrong here. And so having that mindset also played into the abuse because when she was doing abusive things to me, I would easily be convinced by her or just by myself A combo that you know I just must be doing something wrong oh my gosh like what am I doing wrong how can I change how can I change to be better and do better Um, and so that like constant cycle is can actually be really detrimental when someone's abusing you and manipulating you and controlling you because you're feeling like you're doing all these things wrong when in reality you're not Like, yes, we all need to always improve and we can always do better in life. But when one person is taking all the accountability for every problem in a relationship, that's when abuse is involved. In healthy relationship, both parties should be, you know, doing that self-reflection. When we have an argument, we have a disagreement. Like, we need to both see what we're both doing and where we can both be better here. Um, It's not just, I'm right and you're wrong. And I didn't understand that because to an extent too, um, from the beginning of our relationship, following everything that she wanted me to do and kind of just letting her control me, I started to put her on a pedestal. And so to me, like her word was God essentially. And so if she would tell me I was doing something wrong, I would be like, oh yeah, you're probably right and continue to change whatever aspect of myself to better suit her needs. And from the very beginning, one of the first covert signs of abuse is that a verbally abusive partner will take you away from your friends and family. They'll isolate you from the people that love you um, because they want to reduce, you know, the amount of opinions going into your mind they want more control and they feel like you know they want to eliminate the risk of these people who know and love you telling you you should probably leave this person she sucks which absolutely everybody that loved me in my life told me to do essentially in one way or another but i was like so convinced that no like you're wrong i'm happy But yeah, I just didn't see the abuse at the time and at least not to enough of an extent where I thought it was like not just normal relationship fighting because I don't have any experience and I'm a young (laughs) 21 year old. But yeah, so she basically had me convinced that everybody in my little inner circle, everybody in my life, all my best friends, my family, all, you know, were bad bad influences bad for me didn't have my best interests in mind and since I had her on that pedestal I was like oh my gosh like you're probably right and I would listen to her point of view and I'd be like yeah you're probably right like um I should cut these people off I and I did and I did and luckily I have been lucky enough to gain and rekindle friendships with some of these people and my family ever since ending this relationship but those relationships you know will never be the same because they were fractured and that's tough it's one of the really one of the really shitty side effects of being in a abusive relationship but you know that is just the power of gaslighting which is such a buzzword but it's Something we need to address on this podcast too, because it's a big part of emotional and verbal abuse. Because gaslighting, essentially, what gaslighting is, in case you don't know what the actual definition is, the definition off Google is to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. And the way that it makes sense to me is when you are telling someone your experience and they say no that's not what actually happened like that is essentially gaslighting to me and if you have been gaslit you (laughs) you'll know what i'm talking about but it's hard to know when it's happening to you because this person who if they're able to gaslight you they probably already do have some power over you and they've already probably sown some seeds of self-doubt into your mind So, that you aren't confident in your own experience. And when you're not confident in your own experience and you don't have self worth, and somebody tells you, well, no, that's not what actually happened, you're gonna be like, oh, really? Okay. And like start to question your own reality. And it happens when it happens over and over again, like it did for me in four years of marriage, you lose yourself and your trust in yourself so much to the point where you're living in this completely cultivated reality that is 100% based on this person's point of view. So, it's almost completely impossible for you to see their abuse because anytime it happens, even if you have that off feeling, you don't trust your own perception. So, you're so easy to be manipulated because they can tell you no that's not how that happened or no I wasn't I wasn't abusing you essentially even though that's not what you're gonna say you're gonna say like oh well you're being mean to me or something and they're gonna be like no you're just being sensitive um that's like a really general example but that in almost every single situation of tension in life that with finances that with like when you're married like (laughs) there's big stuff on the line um And like when I got divorced, (laughs) my ex-wife gave me a car when we were married and when we got divorced, she took it back. (laughs) And like, that's, you know, your sense of livelihood is on the line. Um, your finances, she would lie to me about money. Um, she manipulated me financially and you know, that type of stuff, it's like, it goes deep. So when I got divorced this, over Christmas, this past year, I, one of the biggest things that I struggled with almost right away, and I'm still getting better at here seven months later, is trusting my reality trusting my own judgment, trusting myself to make decisions, big decisions um, about my life, about my financial situation, about my living situation, about relationships. It affects everything. And gaining my own like independence for the first time in my adult life. And trusting learning how to trust myself and trust that i am the expert of my own life and i don't need someone telling me what to do or how to live it's it's a journey and i feel blessed to be on the journey but it's a hard journey and it wasn't until i started therapy that i fully started to understand what had happened in my relationship and started to make sense of all of it and my therapist is super awesome and she recommended me this book (laughs) called the verbally abusive relationship and I recommend this book to anybody who is in a relationship desires to be in a relationship anything because it is the most eye-opening thing in the world to me my first therapy session, my therapist asked me, she goes, okay, so tell me about the domestic violence. And I was like, domestic violence? Like I didn't experience domestic violence. She never hit me. And she was like, um, domestic violence is not just hitting. And she's like, I don't think you understand what domestic violence is. Um, no, I guess I don't. (laughs) And to me, like that just sounded so intense, like domestic violence. I was like, no, you know, we had like a shitty marriage and she had an affair on me in the end and, you know, whatever. Um, but I didn't think of it as domestic violence. And she's like, I want you to read this book. So I start reading this book and I couldn't get enough of the book because I just felt so seen. It was like the whole book, she's explaining different scenarios, um, to describe all of these different types of verbal abuse. And she starts off right away by saying, you know, um, domestic violence is a very small percentage of it is even physical because like the majority of the time, all of this subtle emotional verbal abuse building up is what's actually the main abuse. And the hitting is just like when it comes to when it all comes to a head. Um, But so much of it is covert and behind closed doors and subtle in a way where the partner being abused doesn't realize what's happening. And sometimes the people in your life don't even realize what's happening. So I'm just going to give some examples. One of them is physical abuse that doesn't feel like hitting. And it could be as simple as starting off with just your partner taking up your space, you know, getting in your personal space um, without your consent. And this can show up in a lot of ways. But one example is like this couple in the book. Every time one of the partners would get up from her chair to go into a different room, her partner would take her chair. And so she'd have to sit somewhere else. Every time they were standing next to each other, um, her partner would subtly like step on her foot, just like gently just like step on her foot. Little things like that um, over time build and it's just like another form of control. These things seem so subtle that you don't realize that it's abuse, but it is. It's the start of it. Another example is insults, even in like a joking manner, like the smallest, most subtle insults, it's almost like priming you for bigger ones. And so you're desensitized to it. And so you're used to being put down. And as subtle as it may seem like, oh, you're so stupid. Oh, shut up, you idiot. Like those little comments that could seem harmless in a way, it's like your mind is still listening to those words and it's psychologically slowly breaking down your self-esteem and it could all be happening on a subconscious level you don't realize like you're not outwardly thinking like oh i'm stupid but if your partner is subtly jokingly telling you all the time like oh you're so stupid oh wow you forgot to shut that off because you're stupid um then you're gonna start to take that on you just are Sarcasm is actually, I've learned, a really sneaky way to start verbal abuse. And it's a way that's like so socially accepted and normal and something that, you know, really needs to be used with caution. Because I noticed in my relationship there was a lot of sarcasm um, to the point on both, on both ends to the point where we didn't always know when each other was being sarcastic. And even just having that gray area leads to confusion and doubt and just adds to not trusting your own perception of reality. And I think that even in a joking way, insults always come from a place of insecurity. And so if two people are empowered, self-empowered, And in a healthy relationship where they don't feel the need, either one of them, to have power over the other and they actually view each other as equals, there's not going to be any need for that joking, like, ah, you idiot, you're so stupid, um, because there's not going to be that insecurity happening. Another big example is the silent treatment. The silent treatment is extremely abusive because it's basically telling your partner, like, you're not worthy of an explanation. You're not worthy of a conversation. And when you already have that self-doubt and low self-worth, you're going to take that exactly that way every single time as, wow, you know, you don't care about what I have to say. And so, you know, I'm not important and I'm not worthy of a conversation and I deserve this. The silent treatment is one of the biggest forms of verbal abuse, and it's definitely not okay to do to anyone. Um, So the silent treatment and just ignoring in general, the book talks a lot about how um, ignoring your partner is one of the most hurtful things that you can do. She says the most damaging behavior is withholding your attention. And I'm going to give a specific example from my relationship. Um, Over and over again, my ex was always on her phone, always scrolling on Facebook, social media. And yes, in this day and age, we're all always on our phones. But it was to the point where, you know, we would be having a conversation and I couldn't get her to get off her phone. Um, She would just be scrolling and going, "Uh uh-huh, yep, mm mm-hmm. And not really actually listening to me or, um, you know, would, we'd be having a conversation and she'd get a text and she'd just pick up her phone and check it and respond right then and there, that type of thing where, you know, I'm just constantly being ignored. I would say things to her and then think that she was listening and she'd be like, what? Um, just there's actually so many examples I could give, (laughs) Because that was a really big part of the verbal abuse in my relationship was that I was, she withheld her attention from me constantly. And that is just super damaging because, you know, one of the most important parts of being in a healthy relationship is, you know, giving each other that quality time and undivided attention and active listening Something that recently happened in my current relationship with my boyfriend is something so subtle and so small, but made such a big deal to me. We were sitting there watching TV and I was super in my head about something and he could tell and he was like, what's wrong? And paused the TV to ask me what was wrong and like turned and looked at me and sat there and listened. And it was so profound to me because I was like, wow, you really just paused the TV to like, ask me what's wrong? Because it was so opposite of what my past experience was with just being constantly ignored for the TV, the phone, everything and anything outside of our relationship. So (laughs) that was just a couple examples of, you know, the more subtle forms of domestic violence and I think that it's a lot more common than any of us realize and I think that a lot of these behaviors are really normalized and maybe kind of dismissed in um, especially in modern day marriages because I think people have accepted this belief system that like it's okay to talk bad about your partner. It's okay to be unhappy in your marriage. It's normal. Like marriage is supposed to be hard all the time and bad. And it's not that relationships aren't hard because holy crap, especially now being in a relationship and trying to have a healthy relationship after all the abuse. Like it's really hard. (laughs) I'm not saying it's not hard, but I think that a lot of these toxic behaviors are normalized. And We don't realize that it's domestic violence and it's not okay To be treated that way or to treat people that way. I hope that was helpful And insightful some examples and talking about just bringing awareness to domestic violence because If you're not in a situation like this, you probably know somebody that is because I think it's that common and If this is you or somebody you know, if any of that felt (laughs) like you were feeling a little bit too seen, um, I highly recommend the book, The Verbally Abusive Relationship by Patricia Evans. It also goes into way more detail in the book and explains like if you're in a relationship like this, the things that you can do to set boundaries and try to heal and grow out of it. Because I don't think that having these traits in a relationship means 100% of the time that it's not going to work out. I do think that people can change and relationship dynamics can change and evolve. Um, But this book is really good at kind of explaining like what you can do and how to know when it's time to be done. It's honestly like, it's crazy out here trying to have like a healthy adult relationship when a lot of the times none of us have had that really modeled to us nobody teaches you that and nobody teaches you like how to have good communication and I mean yes you can take communication classes (laughs) and like learn that stuff but uh, majority of the time you know we don't we're not taught that type of thing before we get into a relationship and we're all just kind of winging it. And so, you know, you can't blame somebody for really getting into this type of relationship. And oh man, if you love somebody that's in this, like so many people that loved me through this, you know, that it's, they don't want to see it. I didn't want to see it. I really wanted to believe that like I was going to make my marriage work because I really held the belief that, you know, marriage is forever. This is something that like I made a promise. I made a vow and I'm going to stick to it and I'm going to make it work. And so I just, (laughs) and being the optimistic person that I am, I was like, we're just, we're doing great. (laughs) But you know that. If you love somebody who is going through this type of relationship, you can support them and, you know, maybe show them this podcast, (laughs) teach them, um, show them the book, read the book to help them. But until it's the right time, it's just going to not be the right time. I would honestly, genuinely say from being in this position... Looking back, the best thing that you can do to support somebody if you see that they're in this type of relationship is just listen to them, hear them, validate their experience because that is something that will empower them. And until they feel empowered within themselves to leave, they're never going to. Wow. That was a very vulnerable podcast episode. And thank you for listening if you made it this far. I got really real and vulnerable about my experience and any feedback is welcome. Um let me know if there's anything else you guys wanna hear, you want me to elaborate on, talk about it in future podcasts. Don't hesitate to reach out if you just wanna talk to me too. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um relationships are hard and confusing and messy and I am proof that if you're in this situation there is hope you can get out you can start to love yourself and become independent and an empowered ass human and I love you so much I hope that this podcast changed your frequency because that's always going to be the goal I love you guys until next time thanks again